dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Burns Clan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me as always, he is the founder of The Witness. He has a very extensive bio, the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, the professor, the writer, jamartisby.substack.com, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we have so many appreciations. Let's make this a two-parter, okay, Okay. Jamar? All All right. right. Let's get into it right here on Pass the Mic. Yeah, so for me, let's go to preaching. Um, Oh, I want to hear this. Yes. (laughs) There are so many different... Because Tyler's an amazing preacher. If you Right after this episode, go listen to some of his sermons. Please don't. Really. No. Please do not. People need the the healing. People need this... so I'm very interested in who's influenced. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of influences that I have. I think I I listen widely, listen cross generationally, cross culturally, cross ethnically, cross denominationally. So there's a lot of different people that I could pull on in this particular idea. Um, but I was I was thinking about who is the preacher that I am most fascinated by how they convey the beauty of God's word and the power of God's truth. Who is the preacher that most fascinates me? Not the preacher that I think is necessarily the best preacher, the most creative preacher, but who's the preacher that if I want to hear something on a passage, I go to this preacher. Hmm. I just go to listen to hear how he or she forms this particular thought. And so for me, there's there's a number of different people I could think through and, and mention here. But for me, it's actually going to be Dr. Otis Moss III. Okay, there we go. And Otis Moss III is probably, he's the senior pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago. He succeeded the legendary Dr. Jeremiah yeah. Um Historic church. Yeah. His father is Otis Moss Jr., who was, his parents were literally married by Dr. King. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, walk with Dr. King, were around them, all the above, lived with them, uh, you know, uh, was civil rights, did civil rights activism with him. Wow. And Dr. Moss has this way of, if you talk about the hidden thing within preaching that I think makes it dance and come alive, it's cadence. Hmm. And a lot of preachers have good truth and good articulation and good uh, messaging, but they don't have the the secret sauce, which is cadence. It's funny. And since we're here, I think it's 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 funny. I, I remember the first time I heard Dr. Cosby preach uh-huh. it was at uh, Muhammad Ali's funeral. Oh, wow! And it was the the cadence of how he, in a short reflection, was able to twist and turn the the and subvert your expectations of what it was going to be. And uh, Otis Moss is that, but he's almost the best to do it. Mm. His precision of words is feels like this merger of Gardner Taylor mm. and King and Malcolm X um, and his father my, and my, Jeremiah my. Wright my, my, my. and all kinds of influences from women who he has, who he gives lots of flowers to and shares stage and power with. But his way of taking the language and mixing it in a way that will cause the aroma of truth to pop and to rise in your soul, rise in your spirit, is a gift. It's an art. 
It is actually an art as well to communicate justice sermons well in mm. a way that isn't seen as, oh, we're just going to do the same thing we did last year. Justice is important. Mm. No, but what do the prophets, if you want, you want to hear great prophetic preaching from the prophetic books, Dr. Moss is the first place I, I tell people to go nice. because he, he, he allows the prophetic books to really come to life and puts them in our context and says, now, if this were America, Ooh. And even if this is America, right? So I think it was this year at, on MLK Sunday, he did the uh, MLK speech where MLK writes a, a letter as though Paul were writing to America. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Paul's and letter to Paul's church. letter to, Amer- to the American church. And he takes that and he he remixes and flips it and makes it makes it come alive. And... But the other thing I really appreciate about uh, Dr. Moss is he pushes me to be very well and widely read. Mm. So this is the, another secret sauce of preaching, which is if you're not widely read, listened, studied, your preaching can easily become stale. Absolutely. Because you're, you'll just, again, focus on the spiritual, the theological, but you won't draw attention to the cultural and the application and the practical. It's a stagnant pond. You've got to have streams. You've got to have streams coming in. Yeah. So his, his reading of black literature, of August Wilson, oh, wow. of so many different, it's just beautiful to see him weave them together. And then, you know, a, a, a great preacher is able to tell stories well. Yes. And he can tell a story. He can tell a story. He can tell a story very, very well, but beyond just telling it well, he can make the proper connections mm, from the story that's to the a scripture. Skill, right? And there's there. skill in that. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's one of the best. And if you're looking for a place to start with Dr. Otis Moss, I'd actually recommend the Beecher lectures. So <laughs> Yale, I believe it's Yale, has a every year they do the Lyman Beecher preaching lectures. Mm. And there are three lectures that are given by uh, one of the foremost preachers in America, whoever they choose in that year. So some people have done it before. Otis Moss Jr., Renita Weems, mm. um, Barbara Brown Taylor, you know, just a who's who's name. Gardner Taylor, you know, one of my and one of my heroes in preaching as well, who's passed. But then Otis Moss's explanation of uh, preaching, which jazz preaching and blues preaching um, was so incredible. And then I wasn't shocked by the new book that he has coming out, Dance in the Darkness, because he closed with the Dancing in the Darkness illustration years ago. <laughs> and he, hang, he hung on to it. He hung on to it to, to put it in a book Good. years later. Yes, yes. But it's, it's brilliant. It's a masterclass in preaching and preaching to preachers, which is the hardest thing to do preaching to preachers. So yeah. So that's really helpful. So then after they finish this podcast, they go listen to you, then they go listen to your <laughs> don't, 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 Otis Do Moss not listen. Third. Do there not listen to me and then him. Okay. <laughs> You'll delete your watch history, okay? Don't do that. But I I, I honor we give him his flowers because when you talk about pushing a young preacher and doing it at that high level with in this climate in Chicago, in the shadow of Dr. Jeremiah Wright and your father. The degree of difficulty is insane. Wow. Like the, wow. degree, the degree of difficulty is, <laughs> is wild. But he does it. He clears the bar. 
Nice. If LeBron James were a preacher, <laughs> you had high expectations and you exceeded them. Like that's that's Otis. That's Mons. brilliant. What a beautiful gift to the church. Um, my last one is even more utterly predictable, but I think I'm going to hone in on something we don't typically talk about. Okay. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Okay. What I admire about him was his ability to evolve in public. So one of the things that absolutely astounds me about King is he comes on the national scene December 1955 Mm. with the Montgomery bus boycott. And from 1955 to his assassination in 1968, he is the most prominent figure in the civil Mm. rights movement. Now, there's a lot to say about that. Of course. Making space for women. Good and bad. (laughs) You know, making space for the black queer people who are involved in the movement. All of that. Um, But but naturally, I think, uh, this is just me pontificating, but I think we're drawn to individuals who symbolize the movement. People who, for us, embody the ideals of, in this case, the civil rights movement. And I think King was that, for better or worse, by choice or by force, he was that. And for 13 years. And understand, he was getting bomb threats within the first couple of weeks of the Montgomery bus boycott. And it only increased after that. He was stabbed. That's where he says, uh, the doctor told him if he had just sneezed, sneezed. if I had sneezed, he would have, he would have died, right? He got attacked on stage. One time, this is a little known story. He was giving a speech. Somebody runs up on stage, a white supremacist, and starts punching him. And his commitment to nonviolence was such that he did not retaliate, even in that moment. That's different, dog. That's different. <laughs> That's um, different. Let me tell you right now. You step on that stage, y'all. <laughs> and, uh, I may not piece you up, but somebody will. And even that, so we're talking about him evolving in public. In the early days, he was not averse, like most black people, to armed self-defense. Right. When we're talking about, quote-unquote, violence, what black people are talking about is if the Klan is coming after you, you have the right to defend yourself. Mm. King took that stance early on, but then he his thinking on nonviolence became a holistic, philosophical yeah. approach to life, not just a tactic of protest, right? Um, and I'm not saying that's better or worse, the, the only effective way. It's just that's one of the ways that he shifted in public. Another way he shifted in public dramatically and controversially was his views on the Vietnam War. Yeah. That that's a big one. That was one of the ones where even black folks were telling him, yeah, uh, don't not, do that's this. That's not our business. Yeah. And even if they agreed with him that it was bad, they're like, you're gonna lose your supporters, especially white liberals. He was censured by his own organization. I mean, like like that's bold. And 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 he had to process this with people in the SCLC, other folks around him. And at the end of the day, he had to say, what constitutes integrity for me? And that is saying, this is an unjust war. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be in it. Um, and he did all of this. And understand, he's in his mid-20s. Right. When he, when he, when he becomes the spokesperson of... Yeah, he had his, got his doctorate at 25. I mean... Yeah, it's brilliant, right? Like yeah. he's in college, sixteen. 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's different, bro. It's different. 
to to have that level of attention and expectation foisted on you. I mean, honestly, the way it looked up through, if you tracked his uh, trajectory up through seminary, the way it looked is he was going to become an incredible preacher and a, and a scholar, a, a pastor theologian. Yes. And he would have, you know, he would have certainly been involved in justice efforts in, in his town. Um, in that case, Mon- Montgomery. Um, uh, but through events out of his control, was sort of thrust into this position and held it for the rest of his life. Wow. And was able to change and grow and evolve it's wild to and me. make still, mistakes. The King story still is just so wild to me. And it he, never gets old to me. Here's the thing. We don't know it as well as we claim to know yeah, it. We don't. Even black people. We don't. Because how how do how do we know? When's the last time we sat and read a biography of King? No. Uh, we explored the King Center. Darkness can um, drive out darkness, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> Only love One day, can do that. My Only children. Love can do that. I'm just saying we all know how some white people weaponize. I'm so tired of that quote. King's can y'all quotes. just pick a different quote? Oh. There's a lot of them out there. Ugh. That's another thing that impressed me. Even though he was incredibly busy, he still found time to write several books. And thank goodness, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. So anyway, we talked a lot about offline, just about like changing in public and how do you do it? responsibly how do you do it honestly Hmm. yeah how do you be transparent about it and i don't think we recognize the burden king had to bear and trying to be human and trying to be a faithful christian all while millions of eyes are watching the pressure and being the most one of the most hated if not the most hated in america he didn't he didn't win a lot of friends with these stances so yeah Hey everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike, but let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode, just a dollar? now that's the bare minimum, that's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, go 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening, but you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. Let's keep it in the family. Okay. To end it. Who you got? Dr. Bernice King. Oh, snap. (laughs) Souts out to big sis. We got to keep it in the family, man. And so when I was at you know, we joke about it, but when I was at Liberty University, one of the cool things about being at Liberty was if you you really did get a lot of different people that came through in convocation to speak and preach and teach. And it wasn't all people that now look back on and be like, yay, you know, but you <laughs> you get to rub shoulders with some of the, the, the people who are, you know, very well known. And if you play it right, you get a book signed by them or I remember when I got a book signed by John Maxwell, you nice. know, yeah. because he he preached and, and taught. And so I just went down. I was like, oh, my dad used to read all these John Maxwell books. So like, let me, so I, so I took a picture with John Maxwell, sent it to my dad. He's like freaking out. Like, oh, you met John <laughs> Maxwell, you know? Um, and so one year on MLK Day. <laughs> he, used to, 
He used a Robert E. Lee reference in one of his books. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Like now movie. you're like, yeah. okay, well, the, yeah, you know, white man. But <laughs> So anyway, I, um, I think it was one MLK day. They had Dr. Bernice King. And it was my, I believe, my second semester there. Uh, yeah, I think it was my second semester at Liberty. And she preached at Liberty, which is a statement in and of itself. Yep. That a woman is preaching. And I think that might have been one of the first times mm. that a black woman was preaching mm. at Liberty, right? And so she preached, and or they may have thought shared, but she preached. And she <laughs> preached, and she made this statement that her father was the last great prophet of America. And people got upset, and the Facebook statuses, and the... Yeah. You know. Come on. And I was one of them. And I was like, what's she talking about? You know, this is before awakening, you know, pre-awakening. And I remember now looking back on that and saying, I went back and watched it, I think maybe a year after it happened. Mm -hmm. Went back and watched it. It was one of the most brilliant, winsome. Hmm intentional uh non like not even she didn't even shame the audience when she had a lot of room to a lot of space to she could have she just didn't mm. and she loved the audience enough to share a new way and a different way and in that moment i learned something about preaching and teaching and ministering in enemy territory in hostile wow, on hostile ground. That's good. And I don't think there's anyone who does it quite like Dr. Bernice King. I think the way in which she's also been able to take her ministry and morph it into a new generation and keep the same influence Oof. and expand her that's influence. Good. Yes. And bear the legacy without ever feeling like and this is also in a much, 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 much smaller sense, you know, honoring your father after you take over the mantle. From That's huge. Him, yes. You know, and doing it well and doing it in a way that honors him, but also doesn't use him as the pretext for mm. why you're supposed to live and exist and be. And it's like she is her own person. I'm my own person. Yeah. But honoring in new ways every year yeah. the memory of her father, who she misses as a father. Yes. Daddy like her. that's different like she misses him as a father and so watching her and then watching her expand her platform slowly but surely to become a voice that is if you don't have dr bernice king you know there's there's, there's something missing in the conversation about modern justice movements and her strategic way she shouts out younger people like you and dante stewart <laughs> mm -hmm. and others that she's even shout out recently how she how she honors your work, how she honors what you do, how she honors the things that you've said. I just think it's so incredible and valuable. So and I've good. learned so much about her winsome nature and her doing ministry well in public is an art and a skill and it takes an immense amount of integrity. And I believe she does that beyond well, one of the yeah. best yeah. that we have. But then also being a black woman who is a leader mm. and never feeling as though she dishonors anyone 
But also, it never feels like she asked for permission. <laughs> never feels like she asked for permission. Be like, oh, well, you know, I wonder what these people would say yeah. about this. I'm here. Especially in black church spaces, which yeah. are not always amenable to. They're not. You know, women leading. Yeah, they're not. It's just, she, she is who she is. Yes. And so I honor her and I've never met her. I hope I get the opportunity to. I was thinking in that time, if I had thought and known what I know now, I would have taken a picture with Bernice King. <laughs> I would have, I would have been right next to her, giving her a hug, telling her thank Absolutely. you for being. And I learned something that day and, you know, in the years after. And I continue to. I'm so glad that you shouted her out. She does a remarkable job, uh, beyond what any of us can imagine of, um, shouldering the mantle yes. of, of really being uh, in her father's legacy. But she also does a magnificent and beautiful job of honoring her mother, yeah. Scott King. Oh, absolutely. Who we would be remiss um, in speaking of the Kings, not to mention uh, her the mother. The force, yeah. Yes. So, um, the soul of the movement. In, in so many ways, brilliant mind, influence MLK in, in ways we'll never even fully appreciate. Um, had a opportunity to briefly meet uh, Dr. Bernice King at the MLK 50 events yeah. in Memphis. Man, she know who you are. She bro. wouldn't remember that. Bro, she know who you are. Like, well, don't blame. She no, know it was you awesome. Are, I got to be on a panel for um, the 2023 MLK Day events. Uh, hosted by the King Center, but would love to have Reverend Dr. Bernice King on the show. Yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, That's we, a, we need to make that happen. We we definitely do. Why? I'm pointing to you, like uh, <laughs> you got this guy. <laughs> some things he says to me, like make it happen. I'm, I'm like, saying, uh, you the Mister Make It Happen, <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man, me. Yeah, um, right. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I man. like this. I was skeptical. See, this is what I'm telling you. Y'all don't trust me. You don't got faith in your people. I was like, I don't know. You don't have faith in well, your you people. you always come ready and low. You got your backpack all packed up. You got the nah, flares. Man. You got the snacks nah. and everything ready I didn't for know which lists. ones I was going to do until I got in the, in the, in the flow. In the flow. You got to feel yes. the spirit yeah. on these. You have some honorable mentions. I had an honorable mention. You, when you mentioned living, I said, well, there's a whole bunch of folks. But somebody I've never shouted out before. On the podcast? Who's that? The youth minister who led me to Christ. Wow. Yeah. His name is Dave Corlew. Still doing the thing. He's a wow. lead pastor now. When I encountered him in high school, he was one of the few youth ministers that was past their 20s. Like, he wasn't using it as a stepping stone to something right. else. He was really dedicated shout to out, shout out. shaping youth. That's shout how out Burns to those started. Of us. <laughs> shout out to the dinosaurs. <laughs> um, who did it pass? Who did it pass? Two years. I'm saying shout exactly, out. exactly. And we, I, folks in my cohort, absolutely benefited from the wisdom of his That's years beautiful. and experience. Right. And what he taught me was. Again, I talk all about all the time about coming to faith in white evangelical circles. Um, but to get deeper into it, what the lasting influences he's had on me, he focused on Jesus. Yeah. Like he before we got into traditions, denominations, disciplines, or anything, he focused on a relationship with Jesus and he focused on knowing the Bible as a way to get to know Jesus. Yeah. Not in a biblicist yeah. sense, but in a sense of We've been gifted with the words. The letters, yeah. Yes. So yeah. study them, make that a part of your daily rhythm. And th th those things have always stuck with me. And the last thing I'll say is I recently come to think of it this way. 
so much of my work for racial justice is not because of a bad experience of community, but because of the good experiences of community I've had. Mm. And a lot of that goes back to the way Pastor Day formed and shaped our youth group because he was big, big, big on everyone feeling included. That's, that's everyone have. And when, when we were part of the youth leadership team, that was the thing that he emphasized. Who's that person standing by themselves? Who's that person who seems like they're left out? You as a leader, go to go that to person. Them. Yeah. And those are the lessons that stick with me. And I think in so many ways, what I'm trying to pursue with racial justice are those experiences of community where there are no barriers to being mm. included, mm. Uh, where your race for mm. sure would not be a factor in how welcomed you feel. Yeah. Uh, so... That's dope. Shout out. Yeah, I think mine would be uh, Judith McAllister. Okay. Yeah, the uh, songwriter, gospel, music legend. Goodness. The, nice. Yeah, yeah, the superintendent for uh, Kojic Music Department uh, for 15 years wow. plus. Um, she's a legend because I think she taught, she has taught me a lot from afar about mastering your area. And being content huh. in your area, huh. but getting to the end of your area, like really pursuing mastery in a given discipline. And she's done that. You know, I've listened to her lectures and her talk about these, her praxis, everything, her theology, how she teaches, how she transmits. She's brilliant. And um, even how she appreciates the next generation mm. and um, had the opportunity to co-edit an article she wrote about um, in Washington Post about how she was interpreting new gospel influences like Maverick City and, you know, and the way in which she definitely kind of handled even that huh. and the cultural dynamics that of that very tricky. were, was at being someone who's rooted in gospel music, rooted in, you know, that it was very, uh, helpful, yeah. very challenging, um, and beautiful. So yeah, shout out to, to the one, the only Judith McAllister. This is great, man. This I told great. you this is going to be great. I think it's beautiful so we, folks know we, we, we are not islands. Like we're influenced yeah, by this Deeply influenced. There's so many witnesses. others. There's so yes. many others we so can mention. So many others we can mention. All right, bro. You got to trust me next time, man. <laughs> <laughs>